ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying time is here. It's Kill by Kill, Friday the 13th, coming at you in 3D. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Kill by Kill podcast. My name is Patrick Hamilton, and we are here to talk about the least examined component of any horror film, the characters. We're coming at you straight from Camp Crystal Lake. Well, as close as we can get to it, from two separate ends of the country, I'm coming to you from beautiful California, and my co-host disseminates or or uh, broadcasts or as some kind of word that says that she's on the internet and I'm recording it, and she's in New York City. How are you, Gina Radcliffe? I I, I am good. I am good. Uh, I understand it is 1,000 degrees where you are, whereas it's it's a, it's unseasonably cool here. Not like not refreshingly cool, just cooler than it should be for this time of year. Yeah, we generally this time of the year it's very overcast, and it was very overcast last month, and so one month thinks it's another month. And the world's on fire, and we're all uh, slowly going to be swallowed by the sea. And that's why it's so important to talk about every single character that appears in a Friday the 13th movie. Don't you think? You, you want to live your, your best life whatever time we have left on Earth. And I really can't think of any better way to, to, to do that, to seize the moment, <laughs> carpe diem, <laughs> than to talk about this 34-year-old movie. Mm-hmm. And it is in the third, third, third dimension. Shin, 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 shin. <laughs> and is, that's that's yeah. pretty much all it has going for it. <laughs> well, yeah, I I would I tried watching it in 3D. I don't know if I I said this to you before, but um, the Blu-ray copy that I have has a, a red and blue uh, 3D version. So it's not the polarized version that you would see in any other 3D release. It's the old-fashioned red and blue, which I think works with black and white movies, but with a color movie, it just washed everything out. You couldn't see any color, and it was like, you know, kind of kind of popping out of the screen, kind of not. I tried watching it on my flat screen. I tried projecting it. None of them were particularly and, great. And now, and now, basically, you you have a brain tumor from even even trying to watch it like that. I've developed a cross-eyed disease from uh, Steve Martin's The Jerk. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and, but it's, it's a real shame because the three D effects in this are just used for marvelous purposes. Yeah, I mean, you get a, a yo yo in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, you you get the you get a pitchfork right in your eyes. That that's that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's I, I really can't think of a better medium for this movie than than 3D. And of course, it's it's also you know it, it's for spec use a spectacular effect and one of the deaths near the end that that really emphasizes the care and quality that went into the special effects for <laughs> for this production. Yeah. So let's get. Right into it. Part three starts like part two does with a lengthy preamble of. Did I just say preamble twice in a row? <laughs> you did, but Ugh. it's a good. It's a good three dollar word. So good I would say Lord. use it as much as possible. Okay. Well, you know the kids are into the Hamiltons, and so anything <laughs> that sounds like it might be that old timey kind of. 18th century talk that'll 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 play good to a younger audience the kids are into the hamiltons and i like nothing better uh to random people 
on whatever social media site I'm on when someone praises Hamilton and I just go, oh, thank you. It's, it's all. <laughs> this I, is the moment. You, this is the, the, the yeah. moment you've lived for your entire I've just, life. I've just waited for you to recognize me. And I'm so when very people happy. people just say, I love Hamilton. And you're like, I love <laughs> you too, random person on the internet. Yes. It's my favorite thing. This starts uh, with just a huge chunk of the end of the second film. So if you're wondering what that is, just go back one episode and you will hear us talk all about how you can fool backwoods mutants when you put on their mom's sweater. How we got that sweater, we don't know. Stinky corpse juice covered mom sweater. <laughs> Hashtag corpse juice. What, is, what I was going to point out was that I, pers- I know I did and I would assume that a lot of other people forgot that both this movie and mm-hmm. part four take place within like the same day as, as, yes. as part two, which, which I, I forgot about to be honest with you that I always assume it's like five years later, five years later, five years later. <laughs> but I always, I, I completely forgot that in part four, there is a character who shows up to avenge the death of his sister, who was part of the sex kebab in part two. <laughs> yeah. And that's how poorly they do character development in these movies that I didn't even make that connection when I when I saw the movie. I was like, oh, right. He's talking about what's her face in part two. Right. But it does not need to be the next day. There's no need for it to happen immediately in the aftermath. The reason we discover that the events of part two have just happened is because we meet Harold and his wife, Edna. Edna is watching a television a news program that is being anchored by the director of this film, Steve Mine. And I can honestly say, I think he's a better news anchor. <laughs> a better fake news anchor at that. He has done some stellar sequences, and some of them are in Friday the 13th movies, and he's done better elsewhere. But I don't know what if he was hamstrung by the 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 giant mechanics of making a 3D film because the camera would always break down. It was a system that had never been used before. It's not, it doesn't really add a lot of energy to to the thing, but there's one quote that I wanted to make sure everyone heard because it's, it's, uh, it's broken up by lightning (laughs) during the the TV broadcast. But he says, well, first of all, that it's the most, that the part, the, what happened in part two were the most heinous crime in local history, which, by what? I mean, five years ago, according to their timeline, just as many people died at the Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> <laughs> so it can't be that. I mean, yes, it's a lot of dead people. It's shocking. But in in local history, it's like it's repeating itself. It, this shouldn't be all that new. Then he goes on to say that Jenny, as she's been, we're seeing film Footage being used as news footage. Uh, she's being put in the ambulance and it goes, uh, uh, Jenny is being taken to the hospital for multiple stab wounds and severe hysterical screaming. <laughs> I probably should have been hospitalized for that a, a few times. <laughs> I mean, we, we've, uh, all, we've, we've all been afflicted with a case of severe hysterical screaming. Anyone and, who's put together a piece of Ikea furniture knows what severe hysterical screaming is like. She was hurt. She was slashed with weaponry, just saying that she was taken to the hospital without, you know, 
letting everyone in TV world know that she was hysterically screaming. They don't need to know that. That doesn't make the story any better. It's definitely proof that there is yet to be any news sequence in a movie that actually looks like a news story in real life. It always looks very staged, especially in this case where it's basically just like another scene. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it never looks authentic. Not that they were really trying to go for authenticity in this movie, but, but still, it's something that you tend to notice after watching a lot of movies. Yeah, it's not really a, a dogma, you are there no, sort of aesthetic. No. Before Edna settles down to uh, needlepoint or crochet uh, to this news report of people's dying, uh, we get to see her interaction with Harold, which is her husband, who is probably the filthiest person We've seen to date, and that counts Jason Voorhees. They look like they possibly might have a few dead bodies of, you know, teenage hitchhikers, you know, hidden in their backyard. Yeah, it, their, their it, place of business mystifies me. Yeah, I, their, I, their existence in this movie is unnecessary and seems to be some stab. <laughs> they, they don't go in there? <laughs> this is this is what you keep coming back for, listening audience. This this mm-hmm. this astute humor, like a laser. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's supposed to be a little bit of comic relief, but mm-hmm. you know, you know, white trash arguing with each other is you know contrary to the popularity of reality television. It's not terribly entertaining. It's it's probably. One of my least favorite, you know, ways of getting a cheap and easy laugh is having some awful backwoods couple just, you know, like looking and acting like characters in a John Waters movie. It's endless because nothing ever has an end. We we just see random scenes of their life with with no connective tissue between them. Uh, at first, Harold's just wandering about the laundry he knocks over a pole so we can get the shove the pole into the audience face gang because it's a 3d movie if you want to know what you can expect more shit in your face for an hour and a half (laughs) if you want to see sticks in your face friday the 13th 3d has you covered we're treated to edna's opinion of harold and that he has disgusting habits he does not help at all which he does it's she's not wrong but uh, it's obviously not penetrating Harold. I would say it's her technique rather than the information she's trying to convey. Just screaming, berating. Yeah. Like, like this is like sort of a real life Lockhorns. Like if yes. you, if you, you could totally see Edna coming into the house with the steering wheel around her neck or, or Harold going to a party and dancing with a woman while wearing a lampshade <laughs> on his head. So really their deaths are ultimately both pointless and yet satisfying. Edna at one point, looks out the window and sees what is clearly a backwoods mutant. And she's, Harold? <laughs> well, I and mean... Then, and then the figure disappears, and then she goes outside to get that laundry. I, what is sure the point? That... What is the chronology of this? You see a crazy person. You see a crazy-looking person amongst your laundry that are drying just before a storm that never comes and you're like hey are you my husband no one answers well i'm gonna go out there i guess don't how, don't how, yeah but how many times do you think harold has been mistaken for a backwoods mutant 
probably every other time he's been seen in public. You know, you, you see like that that footage of like um, Bigfoot running through the woods. Just, just picture Harold. <laughs> if you shaved it down to a mustache and a receding hairline fro, Harold could easily be mistaken for a Sasquatch. The mere moments that have passed from the end of part two to part three, Jason has started taking creatine uh, straight into the vein. He's been hitting Gold's Gym something fierce. And he's also managed to lose all of his hair. His glorious <laughs> hair, which is, if you listen to the last episode, is one of his more striking uh, features from part two when you when he's not in a potato sack. Well, the you know, steroid use, I, I understand, can cause a receding hairline. But it, receded he's had right a Brexit off. of his hair. <laughs> it's receded right off his head. So she goes outside. Meanwhile, we cut back into inside the store now. And we see that Harold has fashioned this store to be part uh, shitty grocery store, part train museum. Because, you know, out in the middle of woods, you know, you might be hiking. Oh, train museum. Let's stop in there. But what is is Crystal Lake known for its trains? It just it makes me crazy that they added this much detail but the actual grocery part of the grocery store is like a watermelon cut in half and three things of lettuce. It makes no the entire stock of this place is crazy. One because there's barely anything there, and two because Harold is feeding himself from it. He's taking giant handfuls of peanuts. He's drinking warm, sunny delight. Warm, sunny delight, and putting it back on the shelf. What do you expect him to drink? The purple stuff? <laughs> I don't know. There's no other beverage sitting warm on a shelf other than sunny delight. So I guess that makes sense. And then he opens a donut box, which, by the way, is already open. Takes a donut out of it and starts How to many eat times it did you watch while this? holding a live rabbit. <laughs> like I said, this is all very John Waters without the without the uh, the, the humor. I mean, if if Divine had played Edna, I wouldn't have even. Oh my god! I, I wouldn't have even best. blinked an eye because that just it it's, it works. It would work. They uh, they panned over and the egg lady was sitting in the corner. That I, I totally I I totally buy that because this is what it looks like: disgusting people doing disgusting things for no reason. It, but at least in John Waters movies, it's funny. The the horror movie at the core of this sequence is this market's county health report, because <laughs> you got live furry rabbits running around produce, a watermelon just cut, and on a warm summer's night just sitting there melting this guy's fingering your donuts it's gross it's one thing that he's stealing from his own stock it's another thing to wash down salted peanuts with sunny delight i find that egregious (laughs) uh egregious would you say that these were the first characters where the screamers went out of went out of their way to antagonize some to the audience or you know, you know, just make them, you know, the first characters in which the audience would get a certain sort of pleasure in seeing them die. I Yeah, I think it is an attitude shift. 
it is very possible that Harold and Edna are related to the mama and son character of part five. <laughs> and their cousins. I think that is, and their aunts cu- and uncles. <laughs> they, listen, they're hill folk. They're definitely related. Related. Air R- quotes. <laughs> air, air quotes, dick fingers, however we want to put it. It's a, it's an audio podcast. So you can't get the visual joke. Believe me, it's there. So, it is at this time that Harold is told to put that filthy animal uh, back where you found it. Uh, he found it amongst his produce, but he takes it to another part of their weird uh, house uh, that has a rabbit coop in it where he is almost killed by a rubber snake on strings. <laughs> Again, the, the, the special effects have... Uh... Took a swift decline. In, in, yes. In, in, uh, I will say in the red and blue, you don't see the string so much. But in 1080p HD, you see those strings really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. He wonders aloud who would do this. He discovers that a, a snake is there. The snake lunges at him and stops at a very predetermined point because the special effects guy's stick has stopped, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. But it just... It's, I mean, effects on a funhouse that tours around your town are better than this movie. Oh, that yeah. is very sad. Um, so I don't know. It was just, I was unimpressed. Let's put it that way. Uh, we go directly from this to him running into the house and loudly shitting. It's here's a one-two punch. Here's where the special effects dollars really went into to to make the most believable bowel movement noises that uh, ever set to film. Very briefly, let's review the journey of Harold. He's been yelled at. He's thrusted a pole at the audience's face. He's eaten fish food. He's then eaten stuff that other people should buy and he shouldn't be touching. He's caressed a rabbit and almost been killed by a snake. And then, after that, then we get the privilege of both seeing and hear him poop. Who pays money for this? <laughs> I paid money for I paid money to, I've paid money to see this several times. I own this. If I died right now, the police would catalog that. Like he had Friday the 13th. Is that the movie where you see and hear a guy poop? Yep. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there are, it's not the only movie in which someone's pooping. Has been, uh, I mean, is it, is it worse than Dumb and Dumber? I mean, because that's like, that's to me is the, is the bar to raise, to, to meet for, for epic pooping scenes. Oh, I, I certainly Bridesmaids in, in my mind. Well, yeah, that's that. too. That's it. But you like those people. <laughs> Well, that's true. But I, want, I don't know that I want to hear or see them move their bowels, but somehow, no. somehow, the fact that they are less repulsive and, and you know their non-pooping lives that uh, it, it somehow makes it more tolerable. I just I, I, there's nothing to grab onto from this person, and now I've seen him eat and shit, and well, I still gone, don't know what gone, it has he, to do with a crazy killer in the woods. Why is this the lead up to it? Why is this the first new footage in 3D that I see? Well, a guy he, he, drinking he, Jack Daniels on the toilet. He 
he's living his best life. This is true and the saddest statement that's probably been said on this podcast. I mean, this, the fact that I'm amazed that, that he did not remove the bottle of Jack Daniels from, like, the toilet tank. If you watch nothing else from this movie, watch this sequence. Because you'll be mystified as to where his bathroom is. Is his bathroom in some sort of garage? Is it in a stockroom that only has old Coca-Cola boxes in it? Is I don't get where why you would put a toilet where you're housing food. And this would be okay with the state of what we would still assume to be New Jersey, even though this is obviously filmed in California. Do you really think that they get a lot of health inspectors? I'm hoping. Uh, there's a little part of hope in me that hopes they did. <laughs> and that they must have paid them off or they were told to remove I This is nuts to or me. That, or, the that layout Harold, of their house. or that Harold chased them off with a shotgun. Or, or they're all related. And so Harold hears a noise. He uh, sits up. I might add... I never saw any toilet paper near him. <laughs> so this might be a, a Camp Crystal Lake thing where people in Crystal Lake just don't wipe. He's uh, because he's, he's him and Jason are, are basically living the same way. He's definitely a, a wipes it on the tail of his shirt kind of guy. Oh. <laughs> or the pile of newspapers. <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> wipes it on the tail of his shirt. Oh, if you're just li- if you're just listening now, <laughs> this is you the came lowest. In like I'm gonna wait till 3D. <laughs> well, you, this might be congrats. the lowest moment we've uh, experienced so far, in which <laughs> we discuss how a relatively minor character in the second sequel Oops. cleanses cleanses himself after removing his bowels. The movie has driven us to it. We haven't been given anything else. Yeah, to, I mean, we're really, we're really, you know, given the impression that we're supposed to be incredibly interested in who these people are and what they're doing and why they're there. We're just checking our watches until this person dies, which he does when he opens two random doors to a place, <laughs> another level in his own personal hell that he runs a business out of and lives in. That's where he's got the tubs of potato salad stored. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, And for this trouble, he receives a meat cleaver to the sternum. And he drops to the ground. And thankfully, I, I would consider this a mercy killing. I think Edna could... I think Edna could move on to live a better life, but I don't think Harold could. But anything I think could be considered a better place, including yeah, I, I, the I, ground I, in a coffin, than I, his current circumstances. I, I think that yeah, I, I think that he you know in the end was was a little grateful for getting that meat cleaver to the chest. Yeah, he may he may not think much about it at the time, but I I, I think it's good. Kill 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 break break. Hey everybody, it's your old friend Patrick Hamilton breaking in into the middle of the action to let you know that there's a couple places on the internet to actually find us that aren't the Kill by Kill podcast. For example, everyone's favorite horror film loving friend, Gina Radcliffe, took time out of her busy schedule of making fun of Friday the 13th movies and uh, bad TV to talk about 
good music on the Ear Trumpet Audio podcast. That's called The Songs That Saved Your Life, and it's a great episode, and I extol you to please uh, find that podcast and check it out. It's the same audio network that I did Life Mark on, so that's another great podcast to seek out right now. In addition, if you haven't already, please download the last Will Sean podcast, which is available on iTunes and everywhere else. Uh, that podcasts are distributed. Uh, it's a pop culture roundtable, and we get to talk about horror films. We get to talk about current events and the iPhone 7 for reasons I, I still can't quite fathom why everyone was so mad at it. Uh, but hey, that's what happens in life. Anyways, those are a couple places to check us out, and we'll see you in between your head where your headphones make us, uh, uh, you know, you can hear us. Oh, God, that's horrible. Kill, 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 kill. Break, 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 break. So let's move on to Harold's better slash worst half, who has lost a knitting needle. Uh, we're no longer foreshadowing. We're just shadowing as much as possible. Check off the knitting needle. And um, she rouses to f- try to find Harold. She approaches a window, doesn't see anything, turns around, Jason comes through the window and shoves the needle back uh, through the back of her head and out of her mouth, barely missing his own fingers. Yeah, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a, a still shot of this. It honestly, for a split second, I thought he had six fingers. <laughs> Whoever, who was the, the actor that played Jason, Jason in this? Because his, um, his hands are enormous. He, he, yeah, he's a Hollywood stunt guy. He, I mean, he's nearly he has pretty much covered the entire bottom half of her nose and her entire bottom half of her face with one hand. This is like Ron. This like this is like the Brute Man. Do you remember the Brute Man from Mystery Science Theater three thousand? Yes, yes, I do. Enormous. They're 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 freakishly large hands. I, I'm honestly not sure if I if I. Want the hashtag from this week's episode to be Chekhov's knitting needle or or big hands because it, yeah, that, it, can, mean, it cannot be emphasized enough. He looks like a mutant. I mean, I mean, he, he, he's playing a mutant, which is which is appropriate. They're definitely human hands. They're just enormous. Oh, wait a second, Richard Richard Brooker. Brooker. Yes, Richard okay. Big hands Brooker. Yeah. Oh, um, he's dead now. I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, British died of died of big hand itis. He just he just could not his heart could not produce enough blood after making his giant fucking hands work. It just it just <laughs> took. It, it, you know what? He died of a heart attack. I I might my, my I think my theory has some uh, has some weight to it. Getting the blood from one end of his body to the not other as much weight very... as Richard Brooker's hands must. Must have, but <laughs> I, I think we've exhausted the subject of Richard Brooker's hands enough. Please move on. Well, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. There's much more to say about Edna other than those curls were never going to set. And also, like again, in in looking at pictures, I feel like the actress playing her was not as old as the character is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that they just basically put the stereotypical. Loretta Lockhorn, you curler wig and and shabby house coat look to to age her a little bit, but she really yes. does not look that old. No, 
she's she's in Bickerson's drag. Yeah, basically. Yeah, she, um, this, she's this, one this, rolling pin away from really completing yeah, the this, ensemble. This is this is this is basically a, a harried housewife Halloween costume. Uh, yeah, I will say that her house coat left little to the imagination. Um, but do you really want to imagine that? Not uh, no. Again, the movie has driven me to it. She gets a knitting needle basically through her mouth, which I don't think sends a particularly positive message in any way, shape, or form. Don't take and up crafting. Right now, it's it's the moment everyone has been waiting for. It is, would you rather Gina Radcliffe die of a meat cleaver to the chest or a knitting needle through the back of your head and out of your mouth? Go. Oh, th- no question. Knitting needle on the back of the head. I- I'm going to assume that that, that is a quick death. Much like uh, I'm sure you, you probably remember in middle school or high school having to dissect a frog mm-hmm. and you do what's called pissing them, which oh, is yes. which is puncturing their skulls with a uh, with a needle and it punctures their brains and kills them instantly. I'm mm-hmm. going to assume it does, did not take much more than that to 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 kill Edna. So, you know, relatively quick, clean. I'm going to say I'm definitely going to say the, the knitting needle. Yeah, um, I'm going to agree with you. Wow, is this the first? I, I think we, I, this is the first time we agree. I think with each there other. may have been one other time where we agree, but here's really, really where it comes down to the, the speed of the kill. I don't know is what is swaying me. It's not being found, uh, just having risen from the toilet to my death. That is po- where after, I possi- don't after possibly wiping your ass with the tail of your shirt. Yes, that's not. <laughs> That's not the last image I want to leave for anybody. When they do your autopsy, they find, well, he had several ounces of warm, sunny delight in his stomach. <laughs> I can't. Th- Why that's would the he have next horror horse? movie that we're not seeing is the coroner looking at this man's diet and going, how can you survive on handfuls of tiny things and Jack Daniels on top of it? With a sunny delight chaser. Oof. They they call that a uh, a um, Mississippi pinwheel. <laughs> Very good. I just totally oh. made that up off the top oh, of my no, head. No, no. <laughs> Excellent. No, I, that, there's your you hashtag. Know, I would probably everybody. order that. There's yeah. your hashtag for this week's episode. Mississippi pinwheel. Mississippi pinwheel. <laughs> the official drink of Kill by Kill. Warm alcohol with warm sunny delight. If you're if you're having it on the rocks, you're doing it all wrong. Um, it, either, and so, it either causes the best high or or the most explosive vomiting of your life. It's, it's, no, it's a gamble. It is. <laughs> that's why it's from Mississippi. Exactly. Uh, that's why they it's used to a- call it the gambler, but uh, yeah, okay. So so let's um, let us ramp up this. Truly disgusting edition of Kill by Kill <laughs> by telling everyone where they can find Gina. Where can people find you on the internets? Uh, I write about 70s and 80s tra- uh, television because I am hopelessly obsessed with my, my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, it is tuneintonight.wordpress.com. Excellent. And if you would like to talk to us, uh, and uh, tell us what you like about the show or something that you noticed 
uh, about any of the characters that we've covered so far. Say we missed something or there's a facet about this character that you think needs to be brought to light. Let us know. Uh, send us an email. Uh, we have a Gmail. It's killbykillpod at Gmail. We have a Twitter. Uh, kill by at kill by kill pod. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. Please rate and review us on iTunes so that uh, more people can hear about the show. We're so very appreciative of you taking time out of your Friday every two weeks or whenever you happen to listen to us uh, to download. We very much appreciate it. And if, so and, and for, if you want to try, if you want to try a Mississippi pinwheel, film yourself, well, turn into a YouTube challenge like all the kids do <laughs> after they listen to the Hamiltons. <laughs> yeah just uh chase that session of the hamiltons with a mississippi pinwheel and please record it because it will not end well uh for gina ranklin and myself magic hamilton thank you for listening and until next time bye bye Kill by Kills produced by We Write Good and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures. Jason is owned by New Line Cinema. No infringement is intended. Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. The Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body. Get the whole track and much, much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today.